are listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene, online at bethanynaz.org. Hey, we do celebrate with all of our graduates today. We wish it could be in person, but at least we have this. And, um, and at least every week I still get to come and share God's Word with you, uh, you know, through this forum. Um, you know, we're in a series, and the series is called Can't Go Back. And uh, probably there's many of us who would say during these last nine weeks, there are things that uh, I've started doing that I don't want to stop. And there's some things that I'm not doing that I don't want to start back again. And we don't want to go back to life exactly like it was. We've learned, we've grown, our world has been shaken, and we want real change. Um, You know, in this series, we've been talking about these early believers, the early church. They experienced the most significant event in the history of the world. I'd love to say that. The most significant event in the history of the world, which was the resurrection of Jesus. Days later, they were filled with the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. From that point on, they knew their lives would never be the same and they would never go back to life like it was. They had a story to tell. You and I have also experienced a life-defining event. And, and many of you might respond by saying, yes, it's the coronavirus, COVID-19. But I would challenge you, as I did last week, to think with me that there is probably a greater story than the fact that we were sheltered at home or that many people lost their jobs or that our hearts were broken over the loss of life. I think the greater story is that we turned to God and we realized that God was there for us. And because of that, we have something to share with people. You know, we're in a season right now where where people are asking questions. Um, what, what happened? Um, what, what's happening to us right now? What's, what's going to happen over these next few weeks and months? Uh, could something like this happen again? Could it be worse? Um, is, is there somebody who is like minding the store? Is somebody in control? I, I think it leads to much deeper questions when we go through times of crisis or uncertainty. And I think people are asking questions like, who created the world? And who is, who is running things? And who created me? Why am I here? No, I mean, why am I here? Like, why do I live in this country or in this state or in this city? Why do I live now? How did I get here? Um, is there purpose in me being here? Or is my life just simply random? Here's what I'm going to share with you that I'm learning in God's Word this week. And it's simply this, that God created the world and He is in control. Now, you notice I did not say God created the world and He is controlling. If God were controlling, He would say, okay, you guys don't get to make choices anymore because you keep messing up. So I'm just going to be controlling everything from here on out. That's not what I said. I said God created the world and He is in control. What I mean by that is that He gave you life. He gave you breath. He created you. And your life has intentionality and purpose. You're not just a random result of something. God created the world and everything in it. And He created you. And God has a plan for your life. And God is in control. So let's dig into God's Word today and find out what God wants to say to us 
at this very important time in the history of the world and what God wants to say to you directly about your life and your future, okay? So here's what's going on. The Apostle Paul is who we're going to talk about today. Last week it was Stephen. This week it is Paul, who, like Stephen, was an incredible spokesperson for Jesus. He talked to people about Jesus everywhere he went. In fact, he went places just to talk to people about Jesus. He's in Athens and he's waiting for his friends, his traveling companions, Timothy and Silas, to rejoin him. They've kind of gotten thrown out of a couple of cities and they're trying to get connected again. And so as he's waiting and walking around the city of Athens, Greece, his heart is very concerned because he sees idol worship everywhere. So Paul goes to some synagogues and to the marketplaces And he speaks with some Jewish people and some God-fearing Greeks. He speaks with them about Jesus and the resurrection. Because Paul can't stop talking about Jesus. And so, as he's in this conversation, there's some philosophers who overhear him and begin to debate with Paul. They are Epicurean and Stoic philosophers. So an Epicurean philosopher would be a person who says, if God exists... He is very far away from all of us and not involved in our lives at all. A Stoic philosopher would say, oh no, God is kind of everywhere. In fact, God and nature are the same. It's just that you've got to try to figure out a way to live in harmony with nature, which is God, and you're pretty much on your own. And so they either invite him or drag him to a high court. The court's called the Areopagus. The highest ruling court in Greece. And it's in this court that we find this conversation. Okay, so here we are in the book of Acts chapter 17, verse 22. So Paul then stood up in the meeting of the Areopagus. And here's what he says to them. People of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship... I even found an altar with this inscription, to an unknown God. So you are ignorant of the very thing you worship. Paul says, now now that's what I'm going to talk to you about. I'm going to talk to you about that God. This is what I'm going to proclaim to you. And then he begins to talk about God. He says, the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth, and he does not live in temples. Now, he's talking about their idol worship here. He does not live in temples built by human hands, and he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, no, 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 that's not God at all. God is not an idol. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath. God gave you life and breath and everything else. So from one man, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. Listen to this. He even marked out their appointed times. He even decided when you and I would live in the history of the world. So, and the boundaries of their lands. Not only did he mark out the times, but he decided where you and I would live. So God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him. God wants relationship. Though he is not far from any of us, For in Him we live and we move and have our being, whether we know it or not. And so as some of your poets have said, we are His offspring. 
In other words, we're made in the image of God. Therefore, since we are God's offspring, we should not think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone. He's not an idol. An image made from human design and skill. In the past, God overlooked such ignorance. But now, God is doing something new. He commands all people everywhere to repent. For he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice. By who? By the man. The man is Jesus. He has appointed. He has given proof of this to everyone by raising him, raising Jesus from the dead. You know, I was in my back, uh, on my back porch the other day and my phone rings. Uh, and I didn't realize who was calling, but I answered the phone anyway. And, and the person on the other end of the phone, I could not believe, um, they said, is this Rick Harvey? And I said, it is Rick Harvey because I recognized his voice immediately. I hadn't talked to him for a little while, but he said, this is Keith Wright. Uh, Keith Wright was actually on staff here at Bethany First Church in the early 1970s. He worked for both Harold Daniels um, and he worked for Ponder Gilliland. We, we got to talk and we got to catch up and I got to tell him that we were in the process of rehabbing 50 years later this sanctuary that he was a part of moving into as a brand new building. It was, it was an awesome conversation. He talked to me about how impressed he was with Ponder Gilliland. And I said, you know, I never met him or Harold Daniels. I told him, I said, we're privileged every week to have Mel McCullough in the services. And David Busick is here often. But the two former pastors uh, before them, I never met Ponder Gilliland or Harold Daniels. He said Ponder was so innovative, so creative. What he did with the television show was crazy good. And, um, and his preaching was incredible. And I said, talk to me about Harold Daniels. And he said, Harold Daniels could connect with any person. He said, I remember one Sunday night, a man walked in off the street. Harold turns to me and says, take charge. I want to talk to this man. He said he was able to make that man feel like the most important person in the room. And he said, I think to Harold he was. He just had a way of connecting with people that was so different from him. Could I ask you a question? How are you when it comes to connecting with people that are different from you? How, how do you think about people who are different from you? How do you feel? How do you relate to people who aren't quite like you? People who maybe act differently than you, look differently than you, behave differently than you behave. Let me go a step further. Who believe differently than you believe. See, I think this is one of the most pressing questions that I can ask a follower of Jesus in the world that we live in today. See, for the Apostle Paul, he was the kind of guy that said, I want to hang out with those people. <laughs> The people who are like me already believe like I believe. They already know the Jesus that I know. I need the other people in my life. And so what Paul does is he just gives his whole life to talking to people who aren't like him. What's he talk about? Verse 18. He talks about Jesus and the resurrection. And he leaves his home. He leaves what's comfortable. He leaves what's familiar because his life is all about, I've got to talk to people about Jesus. So... He gets in this meeting of the Areopagus, this very high court, and he says, I can tell that you're very religious here in the city of Athens, Greece. You have all these objects of worship. I even saw this one that said, 
with an inscription to the unknown God. And Paul says, let me talk to you about this God. And, and I love, let me just give you his language. God made the world and everything in it. God, God's the creator of everything. He made the world and everything in it. He even made you. Look at this. He gives all men life and breath and everything else. Do you know that this morning when you took your first deep breath, you took that breath because God gave you that breath? <laughs> That's why you have it. Everything that you have, your life was a gift by God you're not a random act of coincidence or circumstance. God gave you life and breath and everything else. God marked out their appointed times in history. God decided that you would live now. And beyond that, he even marked out the boundaries of their lands. So you, you, you may say, Rick, I, I'm not for sure why I live where I live. I'm not sure why I was born when I was born. Why wasn't I born a hundred years ago? Or why wasn't I born 200 years from now? Or why wasn't I born in the Middle East instead of in America? Paul says God determined all those things. See, here's, here's where I think we're at today. I think you're saying, Rick, I realize that I was born when I was born. Where I was born. And here I am with these people. Can, can you just tell me that, that there's more to it than that? That I'm not just a random act of coincidence? That there actually is a plan and a purpose for me? Let me tell you something this morning. I love this. God determined that you would live during this pandemic, and that you would have a story to tell, you would have a reason for living. See, God knew. God knew in advance. You would live during this pandemic, and you would have a story to tell. You're not just a random thing. So what I'm trying to say to you this morning is that God created the world and everything in it. He created you, and He is in control. There is intentionality and purpose in everything that he does. He knew that you would live in this season. And he has a purpose for your life. I was home a few months ago and somebody dragged out of a closet boxes of pictures. It was, uh, it was kind of an interesting afternoon that we all spent together there at my mom's house. Uh, just going through pictures. I mean, memories were rushing over me uh, like a creek out of its banks. I mean, I was just flooded with memories and there were times when I would look at my daughters and my wife and my brother my sisters my niece and we would just cry and there were times that we would just laugh and make fun of ourselves you know um, th there was one thing that really stood out to me and that was how much I looked like my dad my dad passed away a few years ago um but we would look at those pictures, and we would look at a picture of my dad when he was 20, maybe 5, and when I was 25, and it was overwhelming how much we looked alike. Um, I remember there was a season of my life where I wondered if I was adopted. It was just, you know, I think people sometimes go through crazy times, and I was in one of those. I even went to the courthouse as a... Uh, 18-year-old boy, and I looked at my birth certificate, which wasn't quite right, which did not really help me think that I was the son of my dad. But let me tell you, as I got older, there is no doubt I am my father's son. I bear his image. 
once in a while I'll hear a story about somebody who was adopted and they want to find a biological parent or or maybe someone who had gave a child for adoption and and they want to meet a biological child I was in a conversation not long ago with a lady who was reconnecting with biological family and she said I don't want anything from them I just want to know them may I tell you this morning that that is what God is like Paul said let me quote one of your poets okay we are his offspring. In other words, we're made in his image. We're his. We belong to him. And do you know what God wants? God wants a relationship with you. God desires deeply to have a relationship with you. You know, God wants people to seek him, Paul says, and to reach out to him and to find him. Let me, let me just tell you for a minute, this is not about God knowing people. God knows people. God knows you. God knows everything about you. God knows everything about everybody you know. God knows you. God knows people. This is about people coming to know God. I, I think what's really interesting to me in this is that in other religions, here's what happens. Uh, people go looking for God. People go seeking um, God. But Paul says, I want to talk to you about a religion where God comes to you. You know this person, Jesus, I'm talking to you about? That was God's effort to have a relationship with you. God came to where you are in the form of the person, Jesus, so that he could have a relationship with you. And here's what he's saying to those philosophers. Not only can God be known, but God wants to be known. He is not far away like you think he's far away. God is closer than you think. It's actually in Him that we are all living and moving and having our being. And what God really wants is a relationship with you. So I love it that God makes Himself vulnerable and in His Word He reveals that part of His character. It's like God is trying to say to you, whoever you are, wherever you are, Hey, in the morning, before you, before you head out the door, uh, do you think maybe we could stop and just talk for a little while? Uh, do you think we could just kind of catch up early in the morning before you start your day, you know? Um, th that's the heart of God. Or, or God saying, hey, hey, I wrote you a letter. I, I know it's kind of long, <laughs> the, the Bible, but uh, have, you, have you been able to read it? Uh, really important things I wanted to say to you, and so I put it all down so you could... So you could know it, so you could hear it, so you could read it. Uh, do you think maybe you could take a little time just to read the stuff that I wrote to you? Uh, hey, on Sunday, uh, do you think maybe you might stop by the house? Uh, maybe bring the kids. Maybe stay an hour or two. I'd love to spend some time with you Sunday morning. Um, that's what God's like. So if God created the world and everything in it, and, and God is in control, meaning you're not just an act of coincidence or just a random thing. But God knew and determined that you would live now in this season of history, through this pandemic, and that He would have purpose for you to tell your story of how God was there for you when you faced uncertain times. You understand that God wants you God desperately desires for you to help 
people come to know him because what God wants is to know people. Hmm. Can, can, can you just take a moment to realize the weight? Can you just take a moment to realize the intentionality and the purpose that God created you with? Can you just take a moment to think about your life and what God wants to do through you and through me? So I think, I think we often find ourselves saying, so how, how do I do this, Rick? I don't know, you know. Um, I think we've slowed down some, but typically we're moving so fast we don't stop to think much about things like these. Now we're thinking about these kinds of things. And, and I think it's a matter of praying, a prayer that I've encouraged you to pray. It's praying a prayer that says, God, would you bring somebody into my life today? Um, I know that I'm not out and about like I normally would be, but I'm still, I'm still, uh, people are still coming into my life every day. God, would you bring somebody into my life today? Would you give me the ability to recognize it? And would you give me the grace to just open my arms to that person and say, you know what? God loves you. I love you. You can be a part of my life. And as we invite people into conversation and into our lives, I think what we simply do is just be very intentional about continuing to stay in contact with those people that God brings into our lives. And, and we just show them the love of God. And we just live our Christian life before them, which is very attractive to people. And I think at some point we, we begin to say, if I'm going to invite you to a cup of coffee or to a meal, uh, I really should invite you to my church with me. And in my faith, which is so much a part of my life. I really think it's more simple than we've made it. We've made it way too complicated. You understand that Paul goes on to say, there's a day of judgment coming. Um, God has raised Jesus from the dead. Um, there's a time of reckoning one day. And if you read those next verses that I did not share, some people sneered, they made fun. Uh, some people said, I want to hear more, and some people believed. And I think that's what I found in my life as I've tried to share Jesus with people. I've gotten different reactions, but that's not for me to worry about. My concern is to share Jesus with people. So I'm going to pray for us that in this time that we have stopped, we have gotten to take a good look at our lives that we will in this season begin to pray about how God wants to use us to be the kind of witnesses that these early believers were. So, Father, in Jesus' name, I pray. I pray that you would help us, that you would empower us, that you would allow your Spirit to fill us and work through us in such a way that people would come to know Jesus because of our words and our life. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, you've got a week in front of you. I'm challenging you. Pray this prayer with me. God, bring somebody into my life. Give me the grace to recognize them and the grace to open my arms to them. I hope you have a great week. You are listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Online at BethanyNaz.org.